We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another episode of the Field of 68. I can't even call it the Field of 68 afternoon today, Goodman. But yeah, it's typically the Field of 68 after dark. Sometimes we like to call it the Field of 68 uh, afternoon. And I guess today is the Field of 68 after breakfast. Field of 68 after a cup of coffee. You couldn't uh, come up with something a little bit better than that? No, I couldn't, man. I'm, I'm not the creative one uh, on this show. But listen, this is the Field of 68. My name is Rob Dosser. I have Jeff Goodman here with me today. It is our weekly uh, transfer portal NBA draft update um uh roster management drama whatever you want to call it it is our weekly show where we kind of talk through the changes that have happened on different rosters over the course of the previous uh 96 72 hours whatever it ends up being there's a lot to get to today actually the nba released their uh their early entry list and i believe it was 242 names that were on it correct um that is right North Carolina landed a commitment from a former McDonald's All-American. Alabama's roster has uh, they added two guys, and they may have lost another player. And, of course, on our network, Caden Shedrick committed to Texas. We need to talk about what happened there, plus Bronny's recruitment, plus Akeem Hart committing to Villanova. There's a lot to get to. A lot has happened over the course of the last week. But before we do any of that, Jeff, I wanted to – I was thinking about something the other day, and it was um, Mike DeCourcy – Wrote something about yes. this. I think it was Hummel it was tried yesterday. to take credit for it. Hummel tried to take credit <laughs> for the same idea on our pod, and I called him out. He, he claims he did not read it, and it was it was his own uh, thoughts. But I don't believe him. I actually, I I do believe that because I don't think that Hummel can read. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, I I think that one one benefit when it comes to to college basketball, and at least for us, right? Because we are in a, the, the media space. Uh, the Field of 68 is a business that operates covering college basketball. It has created narratives. It has created storylines. It has created reasons to um, create content. It has created, like, we didn't have a show like this last year after the Final Four ended, and this year we have so much to talk about. Uh, I, I do, it reminds me a little bit of the drama of the NBA offseason, right? Like, we've never seen a player as good or as successful as Hunter Dickinson transferred before in the history of college basketball. It's never ha happened. Normally guys that have that many accolades are either off to the NBA or they're staying at the program that they were at. And NIL and the transfer portal has created that. Caleb Love, the hero of North Carolina, then the villain of North Carolina has transferred to Michigan. Um, the reigning Final Four most outstanding player was a guy where everybody thought that he was going to put his name in the portal. Like It's created... Drama has created buzz, it's created reason. Still could. I mean, yeah, the portal hasn't closed yet. It's why oh, I, I know, May I know, 12th? but I, I do think that it's right, it's it's of all the downsides of the portal, which makes it very difficult for coaches to kind of operate. And maybe it's not the great greatest for team building, kind of helped us out from a content perspective. Well, I mean, again, like the course you said, and, and he is right, um, it's not all bad. It's not all bad because it is giving us an offseason. Um, you know, he compared it to free agency and other sports. And, you know, obviously uh, NBA free agency has taken on a life of its own when it opens and all these these guys sign right away. Uh, it's not the, the same case in college basketball, but it is giving us more to talk about. And, um, you know, there's some – I think the list of negatives still probably outweighs the positives – of everything that's that's happened in college basketball and how quickly it's happened 
I think still we're getting used to, you know, maybe negatives is the wrong word, but we're still getting used to, um, again, guys going in the portal that haven't done jack shit that are asking for a ton of money. You know, mm-hmm. I, I am like Hunter Dickinson. Hey, get paid, my man. You earned it. Max Hastings, get paid. You earned it. But these guys who who average two points a game, but were ranked in the top 50 because some knucklehead had them ranked wrong and, and they're asking for 300 grand. Yeah. Like, dude, look in the mirror. But but the problem is somebody somebody's paying these dudes, maybe mm-hmm. not 300 grand, but somebody's paying them something um, because you know, they all have some sort of NIL money or a lot of them that they have to use in, in a way. Uh, I had, I had one high major head coach tell me the other day that, um, that the biggest issue he has with the transfer portal is not the success. It's, it's the, the expectations that, that these uh, transfers have. And it's the, the fact that like the numbers are completely inflated everywhere, right? He's like every player, that, like every, everything, cut them in half. Every player, he said that every player that's reached out to him, it doesn't matter how good they were, what their numbers were. It's been like a minimum of $125,000. Like he's got walk-ons asking him for six figures to transfer to his program. It's like, what is, what's going on here? So I, I do think that a little bit more clarity will help. You know what I mean? Like um, Jim Laranega made this point the other day. I think he was talking to, I want to say it was Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Um, but he he made the point that like you can see every single salary that an NBA guy has online. All you got to do is Google it, and you can find out what the what that that player is making, what that contract is. The information is public. We know what coaches are making, especially at public universities. At some point, I think that's probably going to have to happen, especially because a lot of the deals that get made like don't necessarily get delivered on. You know, like some. I, I was talking with a coach today. Um, and the way that it works for for them with NIL is basically they have to find work that they can justify to allow that player to get paid, whether it's having them go and work a camp, having them do an appearance on a podcast, having them go out and promote something at a like a store opening, whatever, if they're all, like a sponsored by a grocery store. And um, and that sometimes if like those players don't necessarily do all of the stuff that they need to do they don't get the number that they get maybe those the, the sponsors drop out maybe a lot of these guys i mean look what's going on with life wallet right now so uh i think as we get more into this i'm gonna buy a lot of life wallet stock by the way i think i'm gonna look right now what's what's it down there it's under a dollar under a point it, and i think it just got removed from the nasdaq which is probably not a good sign for the company right good thing i didn't invest in johnny ruiz's uh, company there yeah you would have lost a lot of money but at least you would have gotten a final four out of it right at least nigel pack got some money yeah, uh, producer Trevor just texted us. Life Wallet is currently at seventy-one cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor oh man, it's just like Bitcoin, man. It's going to bounce. I was back looking for John uh, at the uh, the final four. I couldn't find him. He was probably too busy trying to figure out where his stock price. No, was try to keep it on Nasdaq. Yeah, where where his money? Trying to, do. Try to make a deal who we can pay off. Try to get it, you know, still listed. All right, so I, I let's before we get into Harrison Ingram because I think that's the biggest transfer that we need to touch on. Um, you were tweeting about this all night last night. The NBA draft deadline has passed, which means that college players can no longer put their name in. Two hundred forty-two college players declared for the draft. That number seems high, but I think a lot of it has to do with like the number of grad transfers and COVID years available. It's just it, last it's, year was last year was two eighty-three. Just so you know, yeah, it, it's just. With the way with everybody getting an extra year, like you have to declare Drew Timmy had to declare for the NBA draft. Like he was on the list for players that declared for the NBA draft. He's a fourth year senior that just graduated from Gonzaga. So that just put that into context for why that's, that number that's is what why it is. the numbers are so much higher the last yes. three years, really, because of COVID. Um two years ago the number was three hundred fifty three. Yep. And it just it is it is what it is. So you gotta accept the COVID. That. Here's COVID. my question. Here's my question for you, Goodman. Yeah. Which teams right now do you think have the most on the line uh, as they wait for these players to make their decisions on whether or not they are going to stay in the draft? Well, you think I, I have I have Creighton. Creighton would be the one that stands Creighton. out to me with Trey Alexander and Ryan Kalkbrenner and Arthur Kaluma, who I don't think will be back. Any, and that before we get into all this, just so we know, and I'm looking at the list that. You know, the list doesn't have as much pop to it anymore, again, because you could put your name in um, now and and withdraw, and a lot of these kids withdraw. So I don't really put much stock into it yet. But I will say 
a lot of these kids, not a lot, but a good amount, are going to withdraw and enter the portal in two weeks. There'll be a mm-hmm. few. And those are going to be the big ones. The ones that don't get invited to the combine, because I assume the combine invites are going to go out. Combine's usually like, what, mid-May-ish? A little later, like May mm-hmm. 20th. So those combine invites are going to go out right before the deadline here, um, right before the portal closes. And the portal closes say, on May 31st, right? No, May 13th. May 13th, I'm sorry. May 13th. The, the, the deadline, portal. yeah, the deadline to withdraw, I believe, is May 31st. And the combine is what? Is it's uh, right around that same time. So the invites will later. Go, yeah, the it's invites May will go 15th, out. It's May 15th through the 21st. Yep. So basically the combine invites are going to go out right before the portal closes, which means if some of these kids don't get a portal invite, I mean don't get a combine invite, but I know I'm I'm, mm. I'm confusing everybody here. Don't get a combine invite, but don't want to go back to the school. Um, that, that they were at, they're going to throw their name in the portal at the 11th hour. And yep. I would expect like Arthur Kaluma could be one of those from what I'm hearing. Yeah. So um, Creighton with the most on the line, the, the one that I was going to say was UCLA. Yeah, but Tiger's not coming back. He's done. He's done. Yeah. But Adeem Bona is declared for the draft. He'll come, he'll come back. He's got to okay. come back. And Jalen Clark. But you don't yeah. know. You don't know that. I mean, Jalen Clark, different. he popped his Achilles. He can't. Mm-hmm. He can't even play at the at the combine. So how can't about do anything? How Why about is Ill- he even on this list? Why Who, Jalen Clark? Yes, to Why? go get feedback from NBA teams that watched him, so we can sit with those guys and can talk with those guys. He can interview with those guys. But he's he got to come back, probably. But you don't know that he will. I Why mean, not? it would be a I, listen. I spoke to him for a while, um, in in their locker room uh, before an NCAA tournament game, uh, and he seems like a really really smart kid. And this would be a really, really bad decision if he were to come out. <laughs> okay. So how about Illinois with Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins? Shannon could come back. I mean, both of them could come back. Yeah, that that's important because they haven't done a lot of like heavy lifting in the portal. Um, like like they did a year ago when they got Terrence Shannon and, and got Matthew Meyer. You know, they got Quincy Garrier, they got the kid from Southern Illinois, Marcus Domask. Um kid from utah valley i don't know much about to be honest so you know they need terrence shannon back they they could use um uh uh hawkins back connie hawkins they could use connie hawkins back. <laughs> connie hawkins back <laughs> um are the the other names that i had on that list uh arkansas with jordan walsh on the portal whether or yep. not he ends up coming back yep. um Deontay johnson declared for the draft yeah, i heard he's 50 um, 50 yeah, whether or not he ends up coming back to school. Because, I mean, if he comes back and you put, if it happens, Max Aismith next to him, then we're talking about another, like, very, very good Kansas State team. Um, Naquan Tomlin is also. And the kid from North Texas could transfer there, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, yeah. Um, Missouri with Kobe Brown, I think, has a lot on the line. I got, um, a, huge, I got a huge one for you. Here's as big a one as any. any. Zach Eady. No, well, yes, Northwestern's backcourt. Both are in there. And they're both they're both fifty. They could move on. Boo Booey and Chase Adish. That's right, huge so, for for Northwestern. So Northwestern is either going to be like a top forty ish kind of a team or horrible again. <laughs> terrible. Yes, they could be terrible without them or an NCAA tournament team. That you really know how to bring up the teams that will move the needle, Goodman. I'm just. If, I'm if there's one the thing, right if there's one thing I know about Northwestern is that anytime we talk about Northwestern, the viewership and the listens on the show skyrockets. You got to give the people what they want, right? I'm looking at other ones. Yeah, Zach Eady, obviously. And, and and that could go either way. I think, and I've said this multiple times, not based on information. I just think he'll come back. I think they're going to find a way to really get him paid NIL-wise, and I think he'll he'll come back. I agree. Um, the other Flagler, one I had listed. Flagler for Bayless? Yes, yes that, that's where I was about to go. Adam Flagler and Jalen Bridges are both big ones. Uh, have both declared, especially since they lost LJ Cryer. Baylor really, really needs him back. And the last one for me was UConn. Andre Jackson, uh, I think, is legitimately 50-50. Tristan Newton has declared. I would expect him to be back, but that might be the kind of situation where he's just done with college basketball. He's he's been there for four I'll give you a big one. I'll give you a big one. Here's a huge one. Huge one to watch. Deron Holmes. Mm -hmm. Huge one. Because, again, 
that's another one that there's been a lot of speculation that he could be looking at maybe going in the portal if he doesn't um, go pro. I've been told, you know, more likely to stay at Dayton. But again, a lot of these guys right now, we don't know. They're going through the process. They're thinking right now they're focused on getting to the combine, getting invited to the combine, which Duran Holmes should. Um, and then what do you do? You're going to put your name in the portal just to cover your ass, even if you're invited to the combine? Some some kids might. And and so I think you're going to get a bunch of guys that are, that are honestly, that are guys that could change, like program-changing type players. Not at the level of like Hunter or even Max Hastings maybe, but there'll be some program-changing guys that coaches are waiting on right now that they're, they're honestly, they're working to see if they put their name on the portal. Mm-hmm. That is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be, we talked about off-season drama. That is going to be a little bit of the off-season uh, drama right there. Um, we need to talk about Harrison Ingram. We need to talk about him committing to North Carolina. Uh, you hate Hubert Davis. I actually think I kind of like. I actually think he's he- the nicest human being on the planet. You no. you you think he's a horrible basketball coach? I never you, said that. And you I are going to bury that. this North Carolina program, which you have just said off the record uh, is the fourth best basketball program currently in the state of North Carolina. I love what he's doing. I love where the Tar Heels are going. I uh, I, I really I like the vision for what he's put together in the portal this offseason. They've added four bodies. We're going to talk about how important this addition of Harrison Ingram is to North Carolina coming up next. Let me tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks back. When we get in the middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68 and feel better about yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh man, I wish you guys could have just heard what happened during the uh, the break on the field of sixty eight Zoom. Uh, by the way, Jeff, I, I we have to stop stop scheduling these like last minute. You know why? Because I was all set. I, I got ready to go. Fi- I got my best fishing shirt on. You see what I got on right here? Yeah. What are the what what was the thing that you I see didn't what it know said? What's my shirt say? Time? No, but masturbator, which you're not. Yeah, I'm a master. I'm a masturbator. No, what <laughs> were the things? What were the things that I didn't know last time when we talked about fishing? Oh, um. I don't remember what it was. Waders. You didn't know what waders were. Are they what go in your feet? They're they're like the the big rubber boots that come oh, yeah. up to your okay. waist. Right. Yeah. See, I waders. figured that out. 
I mean, that wasn't that hard to figure. You put them on so you can wade yeah. into the river. Yeah, yeah I'm a you big can go wader. you go fly fishing when you're in the river. Anyway, uh, Harrison Ingram, North Carolina, former McDonald's All Americans, fourth transfer that has committed to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, they got R.J. Davis back. They got yeah. Armando Baycott back. Yep. And I am on the record. Uh, I've said it over and over again. I I really like the in theory what Hubert Davis is doing. I don't know if it's actually going to work out, but he's put a bunch of perimeter players and versatile players and shooters around a guy that he thinks is going to be a stud point guard and a guy that we know is a stud five man. What do you make of Harrison Ingram's commitment? You know what I want to see Hubert do. You know who I think he needs to bring down there for like a week. Bully Clyde Gillespie. I think he needs to bring Bully Clyde down there to just light into that is, these. That is, that is that is not where I saw that going. <laughs> that is not where I saw that going. Listen, I was just thinking of a way to balance things. Hubert is Mr. Positivity, like Harry Positivity. If there's a guy that is always smiling, it is Hubert. And I was just trying to think, like, could we could we balance it out a little? Hubert's not going to change. He's not. But could we get Bully Clyde down there? That would balance things out because Bully Clyde will absolutely MF all everybody through the whole program. Anyway, all right, to get back to your question, um, I, I like their additions too because I like the fact that they're good pieces and they know their pieces. That's the biggest thing is like, Har- hopefully Harrison Ingram knows he's a piece. I'm, I'm, I would think he knows because, again, Armando Baycott's the dude. And R.J. Davis needs to be the number two guy and the clear-cut number two guy. And that was part of the problem. They weren't because of Caleb Love. They weren't because of Caleb Love. And then they brought in Pete Nance, who frankly just didn't fit. Just didn't fit on both ends of the court. I know he had shot 43% from three two years ago at Northwestern, but he's not the shooter, obviously, that that, uh, uh, Big Boy was from Oklahoma. Manic. Yeah, Brady Um, Manic. And he's not the the tough defender either that Manhick actually became, which I can't believe I'm saying, but he did. Um, so I, I think again, Ingram, not the toughest dude in the world, but good as your number like three guy. Cormac Ryan, great as your number four guy. Paxton Wojcik, good coming off the bench. You know, Seth Trimble's got to play more. The kid Jalen Washington's got to play more this year. Hubert had he told me last year in the offseason. I got to use my bench more. He didn't do it. He'll say it again in the offseason this year, I'm sure, to everybody. But he's got to actually do it this year. Yeah, I, I think they go – right now, they they go about eight deep, and it's uh, not even including the freshmen that they got coming in. Well, Jalen right? Withers. Jalen Withers. Yeah. Jalen Withers, Paxton Rojic, Cormac Ron. Like, you've got guys that can and do stuff on the perimeter. Seth Trimble is still there, and I still love Seth Trimble. Jalen Washington is still there, and I still really like Jaden Washington. You got Did a couple I go through of, this already. Yeah, you got a couple of the the freshmen come. Like I just I like what they've put together, right? And I just think that, um, and again, like the thing about Harrison Ingram, he's he's not he's a guy that can create off the bounce too, right? Like he's a guy that can pass it a little bit. He's not just someone that's going to stand out there and, and make threes. Like you're adding versatile pieces. You're adding. I just I like what they put together now. Um, I think you have to leave it in context, right? Like this is probably a top 20-ish kind of a team as opposed to like being a team that is going to be in the conversation for preseason number one. But I think they can get a top four seed in the tournament. And if you get a top four seed in the tournament and you make it to the Sweet 16 with this group, like I would say that's a very successful season for what North Carolina is 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 right now and what they're trying to get to moving forward, right? Like you're not just going to completely reinvent who you are. Is that like the only my- thing? The only thing I would say is like, does Ingram fit as well? Because he's not really a shooter. Now, Cormac Ryan is. And RJ's got to be a better shooter this year. Because if Cormac Ryan doesn't make shots, where are you getting him from? Where are you getting him from, Rob? Bojic. But is he going to play a lot? Like, are you going to be able to play Paxton Wojcik a lot? Like, he's not going to start, I wouldn't no. think. You play him like 15 or 20 minutes off the bench. Fine. Next to RJ. But are you going to play him with Cormac Ryan? Like, I, I, I would think Ingram, Baycott, RJ are going to be on the court a ton. Those three mm-hmm. guys are going to be in the court 30-plus minutes. Those are the three you know, um, none of which are great shooters. Like, RJ was not – what did he shoot last year from three? 30, 36 in a lot of attempts in the year 30, before he that. He shot 36 from three? Yeah, back-to-back years he shot 36 from three um, on 
five attempts a game. Like he's a, he can shoot it. I he thought he and Caleb were. I mean, Caleb was terrible. Caleb uh, shot twenty nine percent. Maybe do your homework, Goodman. Yeah, I, there was a stretch <laughs> then. There, there, it had to be a stretch when they were like under thirty. Um, the two of them combined. Um, but if RJ can make him, Cormac can make him, Harrison can get to like thirty three percent. Then they've addressed their shooting needs. That that's shooting and chemistry were their two biggest uh, issues last year. And again, I think their chemistry will be much better. Um, I think they've addressed both of those issues in the yeah. Office. I mean, better, definitely better, because Cormac mm-hmm. can make shots, and and Paxton can make shots. All right, so we talked about one wings commitment. Let's talk about a big man's commitment. It happened on our network. Hayden Shedrick. Uh, Committed to Texas. Um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise, maybe, that it, it happened when it did. Um, I think he still had visits scheduled, right? I believe one was to Duke, and I can't remember where else he was supposed to visit. But um, he committed to Texas. What does this mean? They're getting Dylan Disu back as well. All of a sudden, they have a front line that is figured out. Um, Dylan Mitchell is in the has declared for the draft. Tyrese Hunter has declared for the draft. But uh, there's finally some positive momentum this offseason for Rodney Terry when uh, they had lost a lot of guys. Let's be frank. They lost a lot of guys. Yeah, which they know they were going to lose a lot. So mm-hmm. that, that wasn't much of a surprise. But now you you have your your front court. You know, your front court, you know you got at this point with Shedrick and, and DeSue and maybe Dylan Mitchell uh, coming back. He should come back, you know, I guess. Maybe not. I mean, again, if he can go late first round, uh, you go. Um I'd like he's one of those. Him. He's one of those guys I'd put in the conversation of, if you look like you're going to end up being an early second round pick, you can probably get enough in NIL to make it worth it to come back, see if you could add the jump shot, and then go and be like a top twenty pick next year. Same thing as Kyle Filipowski. Same thing as Mark Mitchell. Same thing as Tyrese Proctor. You can get yourself that guaranteed like eight figure deal yep. instead of trying to to make it work on something where you're not making you're making marginally more. Yep. From the NBA contract than you would off of NIL. Yeah, I mean, Texas has still got some work to do. I mean, in, in the backcourt, right? Losing mm-hmm. Arterio Hurts because he would have stepped in and, and given him some minutes with, with Tyrese Hunter. But they got Hunter. They got two bigs and D. Sue and Shedrick and maybe Dylan Mitchell. They bring in Ron Holland, who's a killer. You know, one of the toughest, hardest playing forwards out there. Um, so they need another guard. I mean, they, and they need a shooter. They need a guard who can shoot the ball, period. Because Tyrese Hunter, as good as he was at times shooting the ball, he was not great. He he kind of was what we thought he was shooting the ball for the most part last season. <laughs> hey, we thought he was going to be a superstar. That game I was at. You were at. Yeah. Weren't you there? Yeah. When we saw you're him against Gonzaga, he hit like yeah. six threes and had 26 yeah. points. Yeah. I, I hate that. It's like we, we – and we got to remember that for next year. I try to say that every year. And I did it twice. <laughs> no. I did it with him. We do it every year, man. Remember when we did it with Quentin Grimes? Quentin, Quentin Grimes. Champions Classic. Terrence Shannon. I was at the Terrence Shannon three. game in Vegas this year. <laughs> I forgot about it. that. I was at a bunch of them. Like, I was at the Grimes one. Like, I've been in a bunch, and I overreact every single time. It's so like, hard not to. It's the first time we see these guys. Everyone's excited about it. You know it. who another one was? Wait, I got to find a good one for you while you're talking. I'm going to find a really good one for you. Well, it, it's only naturally overreact um, because we've been waiting. So, like we talked for seven months about what we think all of these players and these teams are going to end up being. And we finally see it on the big stage for the first time. But you have to overreact. There's just there's no way to not overreact. It's just it, you get caught up in the moment. It just it, it is what it is. All right, here, here, um, but it's here. funny how we say that every year. It's like I'm not gonna next year. I'm not gonna overreact to these guys that that make a bunch of shots in the first games, and then you know Harrison Ingram is gonna come out here in the uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. He's gonna hit seven threes in the first game. We're all gonna be like North Carolina's winning the title again. Book it or Caleb here, 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 Love. Here's my one from two thousand nine threes. <laughs> two thousand fourteen. Ready? Two thousand fourteen. This is one of the first ones. Oh, let me guess. 2014. Um, was it one of the Kentucky guys who was no, on that team? No, one no. of the Harrison twins. It was Marcus Smart. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> he went five for ten from three against Memphis, and we were all like, "Oh my God, Marcus Smart shots! It's fixed. It's completely f- he can shoot now." 
And then it was like, no, he really can't. <laughs> no, no, he still can't. Now he's in the NBA and he still can't shoot. All right, let me ask you this about Caden Shedrick, because I was actually texting with a buddy of mine who was a Texas fan. Um, okay. And I was like, yeah, you got you guys just landed one of like the most talented dudes in the portal. And he's like, we landed a guy that averaged six points and four rebounds as a junior for a team that finished outside the top three in the ACC. Like, why should I be excited about this dude? So why? Caden Shedrick? Yeah, why should people I freaking love him? Okay, he why? got buried. He got buried. They wanted to see if he respond, uh, and he really didn't. That I, I think that was the biggest thing is they wanted he wasn't playing great. They put him on the they put him on the bench. He got pissed off, but he didn't fight hard enough. So he didn't really earn minutes until later in the year. And then they realized, oh yeah, we might need Caden Shedrick. And he was great against Furman, even though Virginia lost that game. But I, I think I honestly believe Caden Shedrick can be a double double ish, like a twelve and eight guy. I, I think Caden Shedrick is a twelve and eight guy for Texas. He's one of the best athletes that's going to be in the Big Twelve next season. He's 6'11", 230 pounds, and really, really athletic. Did you? One of the things that I took away from the interview that you did with him when he was on our our channel was <laughs> yeah. kind of like he. I've never heard somebody kind of drag Tony Bennett or the, the Virginia staff, the way that he did is that, does that worry you at all? Uh, it was, it was surprising to me. He, he tried not to, but you could, you could see he was not happy with the way he was utilized and probably not just on the court. Again, I think it had a lot to do with, with them benching him when mm -hmm. he felt like I had paid my dues. I had proven myself for years in this program. I earned this. So he didn't, publicly kill Tony Bennett, but you could tell he was not happy. Um, I, I think, again, it's one of those things where uh, certain players are going to get frustrated playing that style after time, right? Time, it, there's certain players who understand that style helps them. I think Caden Shedrick figured out like, all right, this style probably doesn't help my game and the way I play. I need to play faster. And he does. Yeah, I, I I agree, and it's when you are dealing with eighteen to twenty two year olds, and there's an emotional attachment involved. Like, there's going to be at some point guys that don't get along with coaches, and coaches that don't get along with players. It's just it's it's a natural inclination. Think about all of the workplaces that you've been in, and if whether or not you've actually gotten along with every single boss or every single coworker. People aren't going to get along sometimes. Yep. Not all personalities mesh. Uh, I'm excited to see what Shedrick can be uh, at Texas. I was excited to see what Jaquan Walton could be at Wichita State, but um, he was arrested, possession of marijuana. Uh, he had, There were three loaded guns in the car, and to kind of put into context um, uh, the way that things work, uh, the weed was not the, the the weed was the problem. It wasn't the three loaded guns that were in the car that was uh, that was the problem, but he has been – uh, he had committed to Alabama. He is no longer going to Alabama. Um, but at the same time, Alabama also landed commitments from Aaron Estrada, who was one of the best uh, point guards um, that entered the portal, a kid from Hofstra that was as good as anybody in the mid-major ranks, as well as the trail right cell. So a lot going on with Alabama right now, Goodman. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously um, this this was another hit. Uh, a little bit of PR hit certainly, um, and, and and hits him too because he's a local kid who they thought could help him, um, and now he's not going to be a part of the program. But Estrada was the big pull here. Estrada was the big one. They needed a big guard, uh, especially if they're going to bring back Sears and Quinterly. So those three: Estrada, Sears, Quinterly. Pretty pretty good, and then. You know, the big question is obviously like Betty Ako, I would assume will be back. Clowney, I would think, you know, probably not. I think he's probably gone. Yeah. I mean, Clowney, it probably depends where they think he'll be picked. But I, I shoot with his skill set and his athleticism and his size, I don't know how he doesn't get drafted somewhere in the top 40. Yeah. He's, I think that he's probably gone. Um, Betty Yako for me is the big one. He's the guy that can be the anchor defensively that can allow you to, you know, if you want to play a couple smaller guards, if you need to. Um, and the idea of putting Mark Sears and Aaron Estrada together in a backcourt, like, look, Jelly Fam JQ is who he is. 
But to me, like that Aaron Estrada, you get two guys that are, uh, you know, Sears is a little bit bigger than I think people can be. Like he's like 6'2, right? And then Aaron Estrada is 6'3. And you got two guys that can both shoot, that can both play off the bounce, that can both play as point guards, um, that are both old. I think Estrada is going to be like 23 or 24, right? Estrada, I think, started. Didn't he start St. Peter's to Oregon to Hofstra? No, is that right? Yeah, St. Peter's, Oregon, Hofstra for two years. Right. He was great. Um, I saw him last year in person. He he's gonna help big time. They need they need another, like probably another big wing, but they they've got the kid Griffin back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, Alabama's gonna be good again. Are they gonna be as good as they were last year? Probably not. But again, you know, they don't have Brandon Miller. Like Brandon Miller was kind of uh special when it came to uh, certainly freshman last year. Yep. Um, it'll, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but I do think that getting uh, those, it, it, the combination of having Sears and Estrada is, is a really good combination to have, and you can kind of figure it out from there. Um, Bronny's recruitment. Yeah. Bronny's recruitment, uh, I think is, it's something that I've, I've, we've kind of stayed away from talking about it so far. Uh, but with Silas, you're scared of LeBron. You're scared of upsetting LeBron. If LeBron gets upset at me for anything, like he's focusing on the wrong stuff right now. Like, come on, man. You got you got Dylan Brooks to deal with right now. Good point. <laughs> I, that, which, like, I, but I don't think he's too worried about that either. I think he's probably more worried about Bronny's recruitment than he is about Dylan Brooks right now. Like, by the way, Dylan Brooks. I, I just I gotta say, it, man. Like, what a what a fucking clown. I like Dylan too, but man, now, yeah, it's start. Same thing with Draymond. Like, I love Draymond. I've known him forever. Love him. Um, But man, like, enough is enough. And Draymond, I'm not comparing them too because Draymond has done a ton in the league. Dylan has done nothing in the league yet. But but it's like enough sometimes. Just like enough. Go play ball. Here's, here's, here's the difference between Draymond and, and Dylan Brooks. Draymond's uh, a Hall of Famer. Well, yes, that, but, and this is why he's a Hall of Famer is because Draymond got himself tossed for game two, right? Um, sat out game three, came back game four, told Steve Kerr he wanted Jordan Poole to start and he wanted to come off the bench. Yeah. Then in the second half, made like four defensive plays down the stretch that basically won uh, Golden State that game. Whereas right, let's, get Brooks, let's get to Bronny. Let's get to Bronny. Dylan Brooks, like we saw, what, what was he, one for 13? Yeah. Anyway, Bronny. Bronny. Silas Demery ends up decommitting from USC. He was like a, a four-star yeah. freshman coming in, two-guard. Um, he is now going to Georgia, which opens up the pathway at USC for Bronny to step in there. And like he's got that list down to three, but if you talk to anybody around recruiting, it, kind of, it seems like, is USC the place? I, I've said this since last July, coming out of the PTM, that it was going to be USC. Too many, too many stars are aligned there. But the biggest one is... LeBron isn't going to send his kid all the way to Columbus, Ohio, where he can't get out there. If he if he's in L.A. with the Lakers, he can't get there easy, okay? Because he's going to want to make sure that he can play with Bronny. He said this over and over and over. He's not hiding from the fact that he wants to play with Bronny before he retires. He turns 40 in what would be Bronny's rookie year in the NBA. I don't think this is the right move. For, for LeBron to put all this pressure on Bronny. I don't think he's a one and done, personally. Um, I, I think he's going to be the third guard on the roster at USC. I mean, you're, you're talking Isaiah Collier is a stud. Come, he's the To me, he's the best freshman in the country next year, talent-wise. Point mm-hmm. guard, electric, tough, fast, all of it. Great kid from everything I've heard. Then you bring back Boogie Ellis. He's been there forever, in, in college forever. Started at Memphis. Um, so, Bronny going to USC is going to be a, a, a piece. But what Bron can do is he can walk in there to Andy Enfield's office any day he wants and try to control matters and make sure that Bronny's got the best shot of being able to, uh, to, to move quickly to the NBA. Number two, number two, I believe – and I should do my fact checking on this, but I believe one of Obama's daughters went to USC. So they are fully prepared to be able to handle somebody at USC of Bronny's, um, you know, uh, of, of, of what Bronny kind of is. Like the attention that is going to come with. It's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's insane for people that don't know, like, you know, I'm at the McDonald's game a couple of weeks ago in Houston and all people wanted to do was, was get to Brody. And years ago when Imani Bates was the number one player in the country and he had just been on, been in sports illustrated. This was before the, the kind of fall of Imani. This was still when he was the number one player. He's playing on one court. Bronny's playing on the other court. Bronny at that point was like a top hundred ish player. The court with Bronny, you couldn't get a seat. It was standing room only. Couldn't get in the gym. The court with Imani, there were a million seats available. Mm-hmm. Bronny is is takes it to a different level. I don't quite understand why. I mean, I do, but I don't. He's a really good player. He's a really good college player who I think honestly should be in college for two, three, maybe four years. Um, I, I'm not sure this is, again, doing Bronny the best justice to push him along in a one-and-done type situation. I, I think it's obviously selfish for LeBron, and I get it. I get it. Listen, I want to work with Talia, my daughter, when when she gets out of school. I understand it, but I also think you got to understand, hey, I, I got to do what's best for my kid here too. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree. It's going to be very interesting to see what role Bronny plays there, right? Because at his size, it's going to be the what, third like, guard, Rob. He's going to be the third guard. And and here's the thing: like he's what six three, one eighty, right? Like he's the size of kind of let's be frank, smaller NBA point guards, right? And he's going to USC to play on a team where you're playing with the number one point guard in the class. And a guy in Boogie Ellis who needs the ball in his hands, who was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, all Pac-12 last year, right? So, yeah. like, how – I don't not know. not beating out Collier or Boogie Ellis for minutes. He's not. Yes. If, if he and was – if you're Andy Enfield, Rob, do you want Bronny James? That's my question to you. Do you want Bronny James? Because I've talked to other coaches that were in the recruitment to some degree, and I had at least one of them tell me, like, I don't want him. I don't want to deal with the, the the circus and having to worry about playing a minutes when he's not quite good enough to play minutes. Yeah. I, uh, one, I, I, I have a pretty good idea who, uh, who told you that. And two, um, I, I do want him. Um, but I would want him with the understanding that like, look, he's, he, he might be a six man next year. Yep. Like a he great, might not start. You got to tell uh, him the truth. You got to tell LeBron yes. and Bronny and and I forget the mom's name. I forget her name now. Um, but you got to tell them the truth coming in. If you're Andy Enfield is, hey, listen, here's the deal. He is going to be our third guard. We have the number one freshman in the country coming in. We have a veteran and, and you win with veterans. This is he's probably going to play anywhere between 10 to 20 minutes a game. If you want him to come, the here, only way that I could see him, the only way I could see him starting is if uh, at USC is if um, is if uh, Collier is not quite ready to play. Oh, right he's away. ready. Off he's ready. He's ready. Yeah, that's the he's only way I could super, see. It. He's super talented. Yeah, but if if Bronny was six six, it would be a very different conversation to me. But like his, he's a great kind of complimentary second guard three and D role player knocks down shots, always in the right spot defensively, really good athlete, right? If he was six, six, then he's a three and D wing in the NBA. Savannah, by the way, is LeBron's wife's name. Um, But he's not uh, at six, three. He's like a three and D player in the pack 12, which is not, it is is. like LeBron. He's really good. Like he's really, he's really a good player who plays with poise, who does everything pretty well. I just don't know if he does one thing great. He's kind of he's the modern day tweener, right? Like yeah. he's a he's combo an off guard. guard. He's a combo he's a, guard. But he's like an off an off guard through and through, a second guard through and through, but he's not quite big enough to do that at the NBA and he's not quite good enough on the ball to be a point guard in the NBA. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening. The one thing that I will say is that uh if he needs to get coached up or trained up or developed into a point guard, like Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think you're, there's anyone better for him to learn from than the guy that is his father. So uh, let's talk about learning it. from his father. I mean, he's always with his dad. So it's not like, all right, you're going to go to the NBA. You're going to be around your dad. That's great. You're going to be on the bench. Like he's been learning the same shit from his dad, maybe not sitting on the bench, you know, and, and really like to me, he should be in the G League his first year, not sitting on the bench watching. He's done that. He's watched his dad. He's watched NBA games. He's watched practices. He needs to play. He needs to play. All right. So here's here's another point that I want to I want to dis- discuss with you. It's, uh, it has to do with Kentucky. Um, Kentucky former Kentucky guards are absolutely lighting up this year's playoffs. Devin Booker. Yeah. Jamal Murray. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Malik Monk. Tyrese Mac. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander was really yeah. good when he played. Yeah. Right. Uh, none of those guys had the kind of success at Kentucky that, like, they're they're all significantly better NBA players than I think they were in their one year at Kentucky. Is that fair to say? Yeah, of course, of course. But some of them weren't ready. You know, Booker's gotten a lot better. I mean, they, they've all gotten better, obviously. Yeah. That's so, what happens. so what I what I was going to ask is like, is this just a product of one and dones and guys developing when they get to the NBA, or is there something something bigger that we can extrapolate with the way that Coach Cal uses his guards and the way that he runs his offense? Because it just it stands out. Like Devin Booker is an absolute. I don't know how many guys you want over Devin Booker right now in a, in a seven game playoff series. Like, there's Not probably bad. like there you could probably count them on one hand. Right. De'Aaron Fox, to me, has proven to be one of the most clutch players in the NBA. Like I, I, shoot I, now. I, I how much how, I, I didn't watch the Kings at all. I don't think I've seen one second of De'Aaron Fox play before this playoff series. And that dude is a killer. Yeah. Malik Monk, he's figured it out like he whatever. Well, he's he, still inconsistent, but sure. He, he yes. can score. He can Tyrese, score. Malik Monk. I, I, listen, Malik Monk is who we thought he'd be. That yes. one doesn't surprise you. Yes. Um, De'Aaron Fox. Has gotten his shot has gotten much better. That's the difference with De'Aaron Fox. Tyrese Maxey is going to be a max player, and it's just like they, yes. they. Yes, you would think that with all that talent coming through, you're like stacking up Final Fours. But again, you're too young. Like like that that was the problem, and that's why Calipari's flipped. That's why Shire is is trying to be older if he can at Duke. Like those guys realize after six seven years of not winning it and really not getting the final four. Like we can't keep doing this. And that's what worries me about this Kentucky team this year is Mm -hmm. you're talking about having, you know, right. Dillingham, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to, those guys are going to play a ton. I, I don't think, I mean, to me, I would be shocked if Oscar comes back. I, I mean, you know, Bradshaw's terrific, the 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 big kid. Um, and he's probably more of a four-ish uh for them. So, like you've got your two guards, Dillingham and Wagner. Mm-hmm. They've got to play, I don't know, at least 20 minutes a game, probably more than that. Justin Edwards, who I, I love as a wing scorer, Bradshaw as a four-man who could step out, athletic, long, skilled, all of it. Like and then who do you have coming back? I mean, you better have Reeves coming back because if you don't, where is the shooting going to come from, Robert? Where is the veteran presence going to come from, Robert? Hunter Dickinson, is that the veteran presence? Well, if they get Hunter, yeah, it's a game changer. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, we we I'm saying as presently constituted right now, like Reed Shepard can shoot. Well, are are you if you're Cal, are you playing Reed Shepard and sitting DJ Wagner? Well, if you're playing Reed Shepard, then I think what you're doing is playing five freshmen essentially, and that's kind of where you're you going to do up that. Playing. You yeah. can't do that. You cannot. No. They're not good enough. 
We've talked about this freshman class. It is not great. You know, Toppin, right? Toppin's gone. Frederick's gone. Wheeler's gone. Damian Collins is gone. Reeves <laughs> will probably be back. Livingston will probably, you know, he'll be back, right? Casey hey, uh, Wallace is gone. If you think the 2023 class is bad, I, I spoke with a coach uh, yesterday, and I was I was just like, so how'd the first weekend go? Uh, and they were like, it was the worst um, – it was the worst EYBL event that I've ever been to. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. We're going to have to wait till 2025 and Boozer's kid and, and the, uh, uh, the kid from Maine. You're not allowed to like Cooper flag. Like Cooper, you can, you're, I call him Cooper cup still. Yeah. You're not allowed to like Cooper cup. You're not, not? you're not allowed to. Cause I'm I cannot deal. This. I cannot deal with another kid from new England that you will not stop raving about. Like he's going to be the one he and Boozer's kid. I'm just gonna. I'm watch already. I'm already just having to brace myself for having to root against TJ Power, who seems like a great kid. He but is. I'm just gonna have to root against yes. TJ Power because yes. all we're gonna hear about all yes. year, Goodman talking about TJ Power. So, yep. um, you got any insight on Hunter Dickinson on on where he's headed on what he's? Looking I, I give him credit. Here's what he's done right now. Uh, real real quick, latest update: He visited Kentucky in Kansas over the weekend, I believe, or just in finished Kansas. his visit to Kentucky, Kansas. Yeah. Sounds like he has one lined up with Villanova too, right? Correct. That's right. And he's been to Georgetown. He's been to Maryland. He's been to I'm That's missing it. one. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You sure. That's it. Yes. Okay. You know, I, I love the fact that he's gone kind of dark here. Um, you know, if I'm Hunter now, I'm trying to kind of reset everything, and again, um, take the opposite approach now. Just focus, man. Just focus on ball. Um, don't worry about the other shit. Pick the, the right school for you. Don't worry about NIL. NIL isn't going to matter at the end of the day. If it's a hundred grand, give you a chance, give yourself the best chance to, even if it's sitting on the bench in the NBA as a backup big, right? Give yourself the best chance to make the league and stay in the league for 10 years. Cause if you do that at a minimum salary of four or 5 million, uh, I know Doster math isn't good. That's a lot of money. It is. It's a lot of money. Um, and it's more than you will make off of one year, one NIL thing. I, I had that, that conversation with someone the other day. Like anybody You're talking to a lot of people, you're dropping a lot of names here. I haven't, well, names I, specifically. I haven't dropped, I haven't you're dropped to this name. coach, that coach. I had a conversation with this guy, that guy. Are these just conversations with your kids? No, no. And it's, they're all different coaches too. It's three different coaches. Okay. <laughs> like it wasn't, I was, I was half expecting to be like, did you talk to the same coach and just reference it three different ways? No, I just... It's like, it's a good way to make it sound like you're talking to people. <laughs> uh, like, no, actually I was just talking to my D3 head coach and he's uh he's now coaching high school and I could just call him a coach. Right. No. Um, I was talking with someone the other day about how the best, like if you're, if you're just chasing the highest dollar figure that you can get, yeah, when it comes to uh, what like the the NIL situation in the one year. This applies also to like your first couple years out of college. If you're going to Europe and you're just chasing the biggest bag uh, instead of the best situation that you can get yourself into, you're going to stifle your career because right. you're not going to go to the right place. You're going to go to the place where you're highest paid. Um, and I think the 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 context of the conversation was Nick Timberlake going to Kansas instead of UConn. A lot of people in the industry expected him to end up at UConn. He ended up at Kansas. And uh, the, it was like, oh, he chased the NIL. He went to go get more money. Like everyone, you're going to get paid no matter where you go in this marketplace, right? You need to find the place where you don't have people playing in front of you. And for Nick Timberlake to go to Kansas, you can slot yourself almost directly into the Grady Dick role yes. next yep. to Dewan Harris, next to um, um, Kevin McCullough if he comes back. Right. McCullough's There's, not coming back. He's not coming. So back. he's gone. So, but you can slot yourself into that Grady Dick role on that roster. Mm -hmm. Whereas at UConn, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with Tristan Newton. You don't know what's going to happen with Andre Jackson. You don't know how big of an impact Stephen Castle is going to end up having. You don't know how big of an impact Solo Ball is going to end. Like they love Solo Ball. Yeah. Um. So you you don't know what your role is going to be. So he picked the place where he could slot in, and he knows he'll get twenty five to thirty minutes. He'll get. Hey, he's going to get the ball. Hey, he's going to yes. get the ball right where he needs it. Yes. Right and where he needs it. To shoot. And, and he's going to have a role, and he's going to be able to prove himself 
Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that ends up playing in the NBA, but he's going to prove himself to places overseas. He's going to prove himself to places that will pay, you know, low six figures to play basketball for the next five to seven years. And he's going no to do it while getting played hey, no at Fogallo Fieldhouse. Like, that's a hard thing. I was going to say, no that. offense to Gamble, but Gamble ain't Fogallo. No, it is not. Gamble needs uh, – they, they, David Benedict, the AD at UConn, needs to leverage this national title into finding a way to be able to renovate Gamble Pavilion because it's. You should the, tell him. Yeah, you should tell Benedict. Oh, he, I, he doesn't need me to tell him. The, all the, right. the all Benedict, right. he knows what he's doing. Like he, he's he's got to give all that money. All that money's going to have to go to Danny Hurley's contract, just so you know. Well, look, all I got to say is I should get like. Three percent of Hurley's deal because I kept all <laughs> when they lost six out of eight. I you kept did. all you the did. maniacs at bay yeah. on Twitter. You're kissing some serious ass then, but, but that also came. Was I wrong? But was no, I wrong? No, but that also came while privately you were saying they suck. Oh. They suck. They're never going to win another game. I hate them. They suck. Well, here's look. Okay, here's the thing. Anybody that is an actual fan of any team knows that when things go bad, you got to find a way to like you got to let off some steam somewhere. I'm not sitting out here cussing them out publicly, right? Because well, I know I'm just angry. So you get the brunt of that. You get me saying like, "Oh, these yeah. teams." This we all got the brunt of it. Yeah, we yeah. all got the brunt of it. It wasn't hey, just me. You, if you were ever a fan again, if you found some joy back in your life, uh, maybe you know you what I'm going to do. I think I am going to be a fan. I'm going to be a fan of that Ryan Reynolds uh, soccer team. Wrexham. Yeah, Rexham. I'm in. I'm in. You know, it seems what we like fun. How much can we do that? Like one day, can we grow a field of 68 to the point where we sell it and then we go buy some like fifth shitty tier team. team? Yeah, some yeah. shitty team out in uh we'll just buy like, like the... a minor league baseball team. But you can't like you can't get the promotion there. Like what if they right. what if in five years they have Wrexham in the Premier League? What if we buy a pickleball team? Oh, we we can we can build our roster pretty easily. We already got Psycho T, Hummel, and Hummel's dad. Hummel, no, not Hummel, Hummel's dad. Well, so according to my sources, Hummel is the second best pickleball player in the Hummel family, and Tyler is the second best pickleball player in the Hansborough family. Who's you know better, that, right? Ben? Ben, yeah. Ben's good. Ben lights him up. That's what my sources uh, are telling me. All right, all right. I think we get it. I think we might need to look into purchasing a pickleball team. I played <laughs> for the first time the other day. Oh God, you're not on the. I've seen you try to play with a paddle. You should see. You're not. You're not. You are. <laughs> what is that? I've seen. I've seen you play ping pong. And pickleball is like it had been a while. Hansborough had been playing lately. It's unfair. No, you're not. You're you. You know what you can be. I will bet you any you amount of money. You can be our walk on. You can be our walk on. Whatever the amount of money is, you name it in, in a game of. And I play, I've literally played for one hour of pickleball between me and you. Yes. No. I, why would I ever do that? I've never. I, I've played ping pong like three times in my life. I don't think I've ever touched a tennis racket. Why would I ever play pickleball against anybody? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I didn't yeah, know well, you're so inept. You can, be, you can be our pickleball walk-on. That's what you can All be. Right. We'll All have right. you at the end of the pickleball bench, and every time Psycho T hits one right down the line, you could be jumping up and down and celebrating like this. I got Psycho T covered. He's got short arms. He can't cover. He can cover with his short arms. He can hey. cover the ping pong table, but he can't by, cover the By the way, board. by the way, when uh, the one of the most underrated moments at the Final Four was after you lost to uh, – to, to Hansbro and um and ping pong. We got the camera on you and just like, so what happened there? And you just look dead in the camera and you go, inflate gate. Hansbro <laughs> 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 uh, doctored the ball. Oh man. So here's here's my last question for you, guys. Right. right now I got lunch. It's eleven fifty five. I got I got noon lunch. Well what I'm saying is right now producer Trevor is uh texting us on the side and saying, Can we wrap this show up? I don't believe do we him. actually want to wrap him up, wrap it up, or do we want to go for like another fifteen minutes and make him uh make him struggle over here? What do you think? We could do that. I mean, what what the hell do you think Trevor's got going on today? Yeah, not much. Right? Trevor, what do you got going on today? Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, that, that is the worst lie. You couldn't have come up with a better lie for why you had to get out of here. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll just Trevor's Google too busy looking at all the Illinois message boards to see what other major <laughs> transfer they're bringing in. All right. Well, listen, this has been fun. Um, this has been the field of 68 after uh, after coffee, I guess that's what we're going to call it. So we gotta, our, our Trevor, weekly, can you come up with something better? Our please? weekly transfer portal show. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys again uh, later on next week. And make sure you go check out Goodman and Hummel's podcast today um, because they uh, they broke down. Hummel said oh, some oh. stuff about Rick Pitino you're going to want to hear.
By the way, have you ever have you ever given out your number live on TV and got caught? Did you did you see this? I, I saw this. Rick, so he, Rick he Pitino, was mouthing his, his phone number, right? So he set his phone number to somebody while he was live on ESPN. <laughs> and the, the people that could read lips were able to get his phone number. He said he got like 3,000 text messages. That's great. That's great. Oh, man. Listen, this has been Field of 60 After Dark. We'll see you guys again next week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com